This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman the Fourth. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgen. Hey, I'm Duff Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 13, Episode 16. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Steph. And we are sadly without Theo. He is in Louisiana, which means that he's gotten hit pretty hard by the hurricane, so all our prayers and hopes are with him and his family. And if you feel comfortable and able, of course, see if you can help out there, but of course, no pressure. That's uh, your own decision. We have a lot to cover this week. We delayed the podcast because we wanted to cover the beginning of Fear State with Fear State Alpha, uh, the sort of launching issue for the Fear State event, James Tynan's exit from the Batman title, um, although he will be on uh, the Joker title until April, but he's going to be done with Batman in November, much to my sadness. Which leads us to our comics news. Joshua Williamson, current writer of Robin Deathstroke, Inc., um, the Infinite Frontier events, which started with Infinite Frontier and now spinning out into Justice League Incarnate, I want to say. And he's also on... Oh, it's uh, Future State Gotham. He's uh, co-writing oh, yeah. Future State Gotham. Um, so he's just... He's writing so many things and doing Batman too. I hope he's able to actually give it uh, a good amount of attention. He's done two sort of events with Batman before. The first was... He wrote uh, an issue of Batman for The Button, which he also wrote the other two issues of The Flash. And he also did a four-issue crossover of Batman and The Flash in uh, The Price. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of either of these events. A lot of people did like The Button, and I will say it's definitely the better written of the two. It's definitely the better of the two. I think none of us really (laughs) enjoyed uh, The Price. (laughs) No, no. But I don't necessarily think that was the writing. That was the unfortunate story he was given to write yeah it was it was a really pointless filler story that was supposed to tie into two other things neither of which he was writing so and i i will say i kind of liked the batman and flash interactions like it was a fun relationship when he wrote it it's just the story itself was pretty mediocre i personally think that this is probably going to be a six issue arc uh sort of a filler arc while dc does an attempt to find what they want to do with Batman. Uh, Cause Williamson has tweeted that he's going to continue with the plans that Tynan and the rest of the bat office had laid out. But I'm, I'm curious to see if Williamson turns into another Tynan and cause Tynan originally was just going to do from 86 to a hundred. And then he got himself promoted to the main Batman writer for the next year and a half. So will Williamson be able to do the same thing? Would you like him to? 
I think that Williamson is on for about six issues, um, mm-hmm. and there's a possibility that he'll do what Tynan did and just really be popular and increase sales, and DC will hire him as the main writer. But the question is, would we like him to become the main writer, or do you think it would be better if he were sort of providing a transitional arc into the next writer? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm really enjoying the stuff that he has been doing for Batman, except for the price. I think he could do it. I just, I'm not familiar enough with his long-form storytelling to know if he could do an arc, but he was on Flash for a really long time, and people seemed to like him, so I don't know. He could probably do it, but I think he definitely needs to prove he's got the chops right now. Because just because you've done well in the past doesn't mean that when you come in a book, you'll do well. <coughs> Tomasi. <coughs> Very true. It's always uh, the case that maybe a new project won't play to the strengths you've demonstrated in the past, even if it's sort of similarly related. I mean, I would mm-hmm. argue that even though I do like what Tynan's doing, it isn't as good as what he did in Detective Comics. Mm-hmm. So different projects, different levels of exposure lead to different editors. results. A different different editor and different editorial mm-hmm. expectations. Batman is mm-hmm. the biggest title in comics regularly. I mean, obviously, it is outsold by other titles, especially if there's a new number one. But year in and year out, Batman is the one that stays at the top. So that level of exposure leads to a lot of editorial interference, which mm-hmm. leads to my next note, which is as a sort of collaborative idea between Dustin and myself, I started writing a column called Inside Batman which was inspired by James Tynan writing a sort of tell-all about how he got the job of writing Batman and some of the pitches and what he wasn't allowed to do. And that's on his paid Substack. And we're going to be doing reviews and reactions to what he does there, including significant quotes. We're not, of course, going to copy and paste the whole piece because that is what Tynan is writing for. He wants subscribers. But we are going to try and provide our own commentary and analysis on what he reveals about the process of writing the biggest title in the world for about two years. I've also tied in things from Reddit Ask Me Anythings and various videos on YouTube. Chuck Dixon does a weekly question and answer video. And so I pull from those for inside the writers of the Batman title. And if any of our listeners find any interviews or regular blogs that give similar insight, we'd be happy to feature those, even if it's older ones. So that's something that is happening on the Batman Universe website. Solicitations dropped for November of 2021. We got notification that in January, there's going to be a big detective comics event called Shadow of the Bat. And we have some theories that it might be similar to Battle for the Cowl, the title in which the various Bat characters fought it out to try and figure out who would be the next Batman, which ended up being Dick Grayson in Batman Reborn and Batman Incorporated. Any reactions to Shadow of the Bat? Isn't Shadow of the Bat already a thing? It was a title, I think, in the 90s. No. Do we know what that was? How do we, why do we think it's, why are people fighting over the cowl? Well, uh, we know that Bruce is leaving Gotham at the end of Fear State. There have been hints in the solicitations for Josh Williamson's issues that he's sort of traveling the world, sort of trying to figure out who he is and what he wants to do after facing Scarecrow. 
And we know that Jace, Jace Fox, is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the I Am Batman title. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a good chance that DC will try and do similar to what they did in Batman Incorporated, where Dick was the Batman for Gotham. In this case, Jace would be the Batman for Gotham, and Bruce mm-hmm. will be the international Batman. So, oh. I could see that happening. I don't, this is all complete speculation, but I can see the pieces falling in this place, but I can also see them falling in other places. So, <laughs> That'd be interesting. It would kind of help with continuity. Right now, it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> What's when are these two events happening? Why does Batman have a parasite in one and been in a room with Scarecrow for two two months in another room? I don't know. So, um, I mean, to be fair, the being in a room with Scarecrow, I think, was just about a day. It's just that we saw bits and pieces of it over six months. That'd be fine. That'd be fun. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, right? And a lot of people, like me, haven't actually read Battle for the Cowl, so it would be cool to kind of get a new version of that and then maybe be inspired to go look up old issues and read the old one. I can't remember. I think that Dustin likes Battle for the Cowl, but I have to admit I'm not a fan. It is not Tony Daniels' best work, either in writing or in art. He's normally, I think, a much better artist than what we got in Battle for the Cowl. And it's just kind of very sloppy, and a lot of people were out of character. I think he did a much better job when he was actually writing Batman, uh, when Dick was Batman, because I actually had a good time reading those stories, but I didn't enjoy Battle Is that the story where, like, all the Robins are fighting each other in the Batcave? Yes. And, like, they do do this that. is still kind of pre-Evil Jason time. No, this is smack in the middle of Evil Jason. Evil Jason wants to be yeah. Evil Batman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I totally read that one issue then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to the rest of our solicitations. We have another black label. Um, this one is written and illustrated by Jock uh, called One Dark Night. And it looks like it's going to be another artist showcase, similar to Batman Damned or a lot of other black label <laughs> titles. Any, I, I love Jock's art. I don't know what he's like as a writer, so I'm kind of really hesitant about this one. Oh, gosh. A supervillain known as Emp. E-M-P. It looks like it might be a super noir version of... Um, oh, gosh. What's that giant event where there's earthquakes? Cataclysm. Cataclysm. It looks like a noir, low-key cataclysm. If Actually, that seems kind of cool. Unfortunately, I judge a book by cover. Unfortunately, I bet they're not going to be a bunch of Bat Family, which is my, one of my favorite things about Cataclysm because you really got a lot of great Bat Family mm-hmm. struggling to deal with the sheer chaos of a huge earthquake hitting Gotham. It's seventeen plus, so maybe there'll be a female interest. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you mean? Depends well, what kind of seventeen plus that is. I think after Damned, DC is trying to stay away from the uh, the nudity. Phallic imagery. <laughs> well, I think nudity in general, because I don't remember any. I mean, they even censored um, the White Knight series because Sean Murphy wanted Harley to get naked in both of them, <laughs> I think. But they didn't let him do that. This is not a complaint by me. This is just something that I think happened after Batman Damned was such a stupid idea. <laughs> Uh. Um, we have outsiders coming back in urban legends so an ongoing outsider story in urban legends by brandon thomas i am disappointed because this is not an outsider's title uh, but i am happy that we're getting more of 
Brandon Thomas writing Outsiders. And this one somehow is going to connect current day Duke Thomas and uh, Outsiders Duke Thomas from the future state with Black Lightning Sword. So I don't know how that's working, but it's kind of a cool idea. Works for me. Yeah. And also they say that Tim Drake is leaving Gotham as a continuation of the story exploring his sexuality. Um, which maybe they'll reveal something in December where Tim's going to be a main character. But if that is the case, if, if that's not the case, if Tim is just leaving Gotham, that's kind of incredibly cowardly of DC. <laughs> huh. um, Didn't he leave before to like explore college, but not really. And then he left with Steph and then he well, he never left with Steph and they joined young justice. So that's kind of what uh, happened okay. with that. And then he came back. Fear State Omega, the so just like we're doing Fear State Alpha, we'll have Fear State Omega at the end of uh, November. It'll be James Tynan's sort of final piece. Um, I, I believe that the actual finale will be in Batman, but this will sort of tie all the pieces together and sort of try and push the story forward into whatever happens next. We're getting another Secret Files, quote-unquote Secret Files, The Gardener, although this one says it is an origin story, so it might actually be a legitimate Secret Files, although I bet you they're not going to have any kind of profile or pinup or biometrical data. <laughs> Still very salty about this. Um, oh, I don't know if we covered this, but uh, the DC Round Robins uh, contest on Twitter, Instagram, and DC Universe Infinite uh, has its winner. Uh, it is Robbins. We're going to have a six-issue miniseries of Robbins written by um, Tim Seeley and illustrated by Belse. I believe he's Indonesian. But I've seen the, the art. They've released about like 15 pages of the comic because 10 pages were released during the contest and they've released black and white images of, I think, the next four. And they've promised a Babs Tar variant cover for the first issue. And um, Tim Seeley on Twitter has also mentioned a lot of stuff about how they're going to try and give each Robin a focus on the six covers. So the first cover is all five of them. And then we've got five more covers. So I assume it's going to be space to give all the Robins their own cover. What do you think about this, Steph? So I'm guessing this means our Robins and not we are the Robins or whatever it was. This is the five Robins who have headlined a Robin title. So Dick... Jason, Tim, uh, Steph, and Damien. And yes, Steph did headline the Robin title for three months, so I count her. <laughs> That's exciting. That's a thing is close probably to a Bat Family book that we could hope to get. Um, I would guess Cass and Barbara would be involved in something like that, even as side characters. But um, that would be very exciting. Well, That's remember, I, I did pitch a Robin's for. book two years ago back when dustin was still on the cast and reviewing tom king and i was like we need to do a robin's book <laughs> no there you go everyone agreed with you apparently what were the runner up what was one of the runners up uh so the book that was in the semi in the finals with it was uh suicide squad 7 which had harley quinn of course and a bunch of other characters some more obscure some more mainstream i think the top four were included uh, blue beetle and uh, Green Lanterns, which was Kyle Rayner and Kilowog. And the Blue Beetle was um, Jaime Reyes. And apparently Starfire was going to be in that title. So it was a it was a pretty cool top four. I unfortunately wasn't really interested in Suicide Squad 7 at all, just because the preview really... It was very fourth wall breaky, very Deadpool. And that's I don't find that terribly interesting in a Suicide Squad book. But, I mean, the, the title, I really... 
I mean, obviously, I'm really happy that Robin's won, and I voted for it every time. But the title I really kind of wish we could have gotten is the Superman and Lois uh, story, which is sort of a honeymoon story where they go to the outer part of the solar system and fight massive squids at Neptune. And I just think that would have been so cool. <laughs> Beautiful, romantic. Exactly. But I am not going to complain about a Robin's book. This is the Batman universe after all. Mm-hmm. We're also getting a black label title called Robin and Batman, which is a Dick Grayson year one story written by Jeff Lemire and illustrated by Dustin Nguyen. Uh, this looks gorgeous. I am a little kind of nonplussed by the fact that we're getting Dick Grayson Robin, but maybe that's a big thing because we never have had a whole lot of modern Dick Grayson Robin stories. That's true. They've either been little flashbacks or whatever. This will be cool. And, I mean, anything to get Dustin Wynn in a book is fine by me. That is very true. Uh, at at the very least, it's going to be a really gorgeous book. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting a Gotham City Villains 100-page Super Spectacular. It's like an anniversary, <laughs> but none of them are 80 years old. So they're just like, Joker got one, so we're going to give everybody else their one together. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any expectations because I'm not a villains guy. Let's see. Who's on the front? Penguin. Oh, Penguin's getting a story written by Danny DeVito. That's kind of their big news thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking, I guess it's the variant cover, the one with the original Red Hood. I guess that's Killer Moth and the Mad Hatter. And then Mad Hatter, Ivy. Oh, gosh. Is this a... Who's doing the cover on this one? Yeah, Lieber Mayhew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be something. It'll be something to read. <laughs> Definitely going to be a thing, but if we do another anniversary issue, this ain't going to be it. Uh, I say this for I'll listeners who have not known that we did an anniversary issue where we reviewed Catwoman and Joker, and that was 200 pages of comics that we reviewed in one episode. It was too much. That was so it much. Was too much. All in all, I mean, I'm not always too excited about celebrities writing. It helps that he was the character. 25 years ago? 30 years ago? What year is it? Uh, no, he was in 92. And so that would 92. be 30 years ago. Or 29. 30 years ago. Oh, God. I'm old. But anyway. Yeah, celebrities writing makes me nervous. But he was the character. And I think he's a... I don't think he's a method actor. But he's a pretty good character actor. So hopefully he'll still be in the mind of Penguin. And be able to at least write a good 89 Penguin story. Should have been a backup in the Batman 89 story, right? It could have been, yeah. All right. Um, We also have Dark Knights of Steel. Tom Taylor writing a medieval adventure. Now, he has said this isn't really a Batman story. It is a DC Universe story. But DC is using Batman, of course, for marketing purposes. Um, (laughs) The only thing that has me interested in this is the fact that he has released artwork which shows that Stephanie Brown is one of the squires of Bruce Wayne. Who's the blonde? Isn't that Steph? In a romantic embrace with his hand on her stomach? Oh, geez. That better not be Steph. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the one with Harley Quinn and then Batman holding the sword and then what I am assuming is Dick Grayson and then some guy with a beard holding a blonde. Oh, um, I kind of assumed that was the Wayne parents. I could be wrong. Uh, oh, no, no, no. They've, no got, that... 
They've got Superman crests, so that's Superman's parents. Oh, they does. I thought they just had, like, stains on their shirt or something. <laughs> oh, I will say that <laughs> Yasmin Putri is on art, and so it will be a very pretty comic. That looks fun. I'm all about Tom Taylor. in-universe fan fiction. I'm all about the the alternate universe fun fun stories. I'm excited. I just am worried that he's going to just do what he's done with every other alternate universe he's done and kill everybody off. Kill everybody. That's fine with me. <laughs> we have a Batman Superman Authority one-shot by Philip Kennedy Johnson, not Gene Nguyen Yang or Grant Morrison. This is odd because Batman Superman was Yang's title and the Authority was Morrison's title. So having those mashed up but not by either one or them teaming up seems real odd. I know nothing about either of that. We have a total, in November, we have a total of four annuals for the Batman Universe titles alone. And there's at least four what? other annuals coming in November. That is Good grief. ridiculous. Editor, sneaking in here for a second. Uh, Ian, you forgot that there are five Batman annuals in November. Uh, there's also Batman annual number one for 2021, featuring Ghostmaker as seen in the backup stories. Um, so we're excited about that one, too. We have the Joker annual, co-written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan. This is a continuation of their... Jim Gordon meets the Joker in the year one time frame flashback. I believe the art is going to be Franco Francovella again. Detective Comics Annual. This is part of the Shadows of the Bat event. Uh, it is Batman and Nightwing build uh, and a mystery surrounding Arkham Tower, which has been seeded in urban legends as well. Nightwing Annual. Dick and Jason have a team up. Kind <gasps> of a rare combination. Pretty cool. Yay! The Robin Annual, and this looks like it's going to be a real Secret Files, and that is an origin of a lot of the characters in the tournament. So, this is a nice crop of annuals, but it's so many. So many. Oh my goodness. And this is a completely host fan service. Stephanie Brown and Jace Fox have been added to the DC Legends mobile game, and I may or may not have <laughs> downloaded the mobile game when I found out about this and started playing so I could earn money to get Stephanie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the last piece of news is kind of exciting. It was announced about three, four weeks ago that DC had made a deal with the Korean company Webtoons, and they were going to be releasing original DC content through webtoons this prompted myself to read webtoons for the first time and i found yeah. it very delightful uh i found yes, out that my co-host so addicting it is very addicting <laughs> <laughs> uh, i found out that my co-host shares uh my interest in some of these comics and she made some great recommendations uh steph why don't you give some of your recommendations uh, of webtoons that people might want to check out while they're waiting for DC to drop some <clears throat> sweet Batman content on the app. Well, unfortunately, I have a genre I like, and it is not horror, which my nephews are all about it. They're like, oh, Steffi, you read webtoons? Have you read? Whatever. It's like, Super no. Super <laughs> horror gross tentacles. Super horror gross. Oh, no, there's one that got turned into an anime. What is that one? Oh, King, King of, I don't know, Queen of, Queen of the Castle? I don't remember. Something stupid. Anyway, 
Um, so my recommendations to people are is uh, Purple Hyacinth. Please don't be turned off by the fact that they try to make it look like a sexy romance. It's totally not. It is intrigue, action, mystery, detective. There's some Batman references if you look closely. Um, then I recommend Cursed Princess Club, which is about a girl, a princess, who is... Looks cursed, but she's not. But she meets a whole band of cursed princesses. And she learns to accept herself and love herself. But it's a very sweet story. And then uh, I guess I also recommend Lookism. The art's a little weird sometimes. But I think that's the point. It's it's basically about uh, how, how beauty is only skin deep. But how so many people get treated better because they look nice. And so it's about this guy who wakes up one morning and he finds out that he's got two bodies now. He's got a very attractive body and a fat, ugly body, which is his it's how he grew up. <laughs> this is his normal body. Um, and just the adventures that he's having. And it's really intense and really definitely rated R. But <laughs> people can be really cruel. And so I, I'm struggling to read it, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. And so I am enjoying it. That sounds a lot like one of the most popular comics on the set, um, True Beauty, which I'm only about 30 episodes of like 120 in. That Um, one's good, too. It's pretty good. I don't like the art for it, though. Yeah, it's very... There's only like one face that she knows how to draw or whoever Well, there's two faces. There's a pretty face and a really (laughs) ugly face. And she uses a really (laughs) ugly face a lot. I'm just like, why? Why? (laughs) Uh, but it's also about a girl who grew up sort of being very unattractive in high school and then learns how to do makeup from YouTube tutorials and then becomes very popular because of her ability to do makeup. The two I would recommend, uh, and I have no embarrassment about recommending these, <laughs> are Let's Play, which is an American um, who is very, very heavily influenced by the the anime and manga art style and techniques of chibi and extra web uh, little speech outside of speech bubbles that sort of gives the characters thoughts um and it's heavily influenced by youtubing and video game development culture and tech and it's very coming of age and heavy on the romance and friendship and there's pretty much no action whatsoever but i think it is really delightful you know what got me hooked on that one though is how she anthropomorphizes emotion like depression yes. and anxiety and and, and anger and control and it's just all it's all very it's I know people who wouldn't normally read this that have gotten addicted <laughs> because of how she treats real real feelings like yes it is a cute little romance and there's stuff going on but it goes a lot deeper and she does do pretty good character analysis of of different people and their emotions and then showing that in an art in a in a way that you can see visually it's very interesting agreed it's definitely one of the best arts that i've seen of the 20 or so that i've sampled um she's very skilled and varied in the techniques she employs and the last one i want to recommend is called marry me it actually was originally a japanese comic on the japanese version of this app and was turned into a tv show uh last year that i found but unfortunately i can't buy it yet which makes me very sad but the basic <laughs> premise of that one is a civil servant someone who works for the government in japan participates in a program where he marries a niece someone who is unemployed and not in education so they're basically uh, living on you know what the equivalent of social security or social services would provide and 
So he marries this young girl, and it's very much a story about uh, mental health and relationships and community and healing broken relationships with family and coworkers and becoming a, a better version of yourself through understanding what it means to be a married person. So I really, really enjoy that. And I'm also really loving the TV show, if you can find that. <laughs> and uh, that's the most I've ever gotten into something this connected to anime, like ever, pretty much. So <laughs> I'll hook you up with some good animes later. I mean, I've read, I've watched <laughs> all of the original Full Metal Alchemist. So I, I've done some, but. Okay. Oh, and last fun thing I want to do in the news section. Let's pitch our ideas, one or two, for what we think DC should do on Webtoons. Oh, I'm so ready. Okay, so either this exact thing or some equivalent of Gotham Academy. Yes. Because I think... That'd be perfect for this website. It really would. So a lot of this website is more teen people or teen maturity people or people who want to escape their adulting lives <laughs> like me super sons i think would be perfect yeah and then in the in the spirit of purple hyacinth do like a bat cat um thriller mystery so not quite what tom king is doing maybe something slightly more something more accessible th- bat cat is very yeah. challenging <laughs> yes 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 probably something more that you would read in Catwoman, but yeah something something like that um, I personally, I'm going to lean heavily into my new brand of romance webcomics and say I want <laughs> Slice of Life AU Coffee Shop Batman and Catwoman falling in love and having a double life. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, I love it. I also would love, I mean, that Gotham Academy idea is just so perfect. It's that is This is the place for that type of idea. Just mm-hmm. young characters, fresh art, digestible content ongoing storylines with soap opera type relationships going on that really keep your emotions hooked in. I think that would be perfect. That finishes up our news section. Let's get to our reviews, starting with Detective Comics 1042. The Jury, written by Mariko Tamaki, artist Viktor Bagdanovich. As Batman struggles with the parasitic venom coursing through him as Detective Comics 1042 begins, Hugh Vile awakens and attacks the guards watching over him, thwarting the Penguin and Mr. Worth's plan of setting an infected Batman free on the streets of Gotham. Goons, now infected, begin attacking each other, telling the Penguin it's time for him to depart. Mr. Worth, however, wants what he was promised, causing the Penguin to turn on his once-partnered jury member. Batman, now under the control of the Parasite, is sent on a deadly mission to kill Roland Worth. As Batman grabs him for the first time, fear comes across Worth's eyes. Instinctively, he tosses Batman and takes off to escape, calling for help. Batman is right behind him, however, trapping him on the roof. Worth pulls his revolver and attempts to shoot Batman, but the gun is empty. After a few quick punches, Batman follows Vile's orders and drags Worth's body to the edge of the roof. As Worth hangs off the roof, Batman is fighting back. He can't give in to Vile's darkness. As he drops Worth, Batman musters enough willpower to use a bat line to break his fall. Huntress arrives at the warehouse with her new vision. See Batman's secret files, Huntress number one for more. She knows Batman is in there. She can see him, but in the chaos of the Penguin's goons attacking each other, she doesn't know exactly where he is. She does, however, find Hugh Vile, who summons Batman to kill her. 
Batman is fighting Vile's thrall and manages to place cuffs on his hands, on his own hands. While Vile is certain that Huntress is about to die, but as Batman crashes through the window, he flies over the startled Huntress and dives into the chest of the waiting Vile, causing him to spit out the parasite that's resided within him since he was a child. Huntress quickly shoots the parasite with a crossbow bolt, not only killing it, but also its former host. Bruce Wayne and Helena Bertinelli meet at the gravesite of Sarah Worth. They discuss the recent events and how Batman was able to overcome Vile's control of him. Huntress states that she still has flashes where she sees others who were previously infected by Vile, but it's not as strong as before. They depart. At the Gotham City morgue, two pathologists dissect the corpse of the dead Hugh Vile. They find within his body something that shouldn't be there. As some of the foreign items fall down the drain, the pathologists realize that they are eggs. So, what did the jury hope to achieve by infecting Batman? Oh, gosh. Okay, so this whole thing. Like, what was the plan? Kill so, off their own people? So, so the, did, did they... Okay, I guess the question is, did they know that Vile was controlling the parasites? Because if they did, having Vile alone in the room with a couple of guards, instead of being, like, holding him at gunpoint and saying, tell Batman to give up or whatever, it's like, you literally have the puppet master in your control and... You're not doing anything with it. So instead, what you did was you just created an out-of-control, super-violent, no-longer-inhibited <laughs> Batman who can kick your butt. Like, what was the plan? Anyway, it very much reminded me of the gnomes in South Park, where their plan was like, step one, collect underpants. They haven't worked out step two yet, and then step three was profit. It's like, yes. but what... What is what is step two? <laughs> what were you gonna do after you infected him? So I, I found it a little disappointing. I was like, you, there was no plan. <laughs> it's it was like definitely one of those. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but there was no plan. Yeah, I had a similar reaction. I've I really like the setup. I really love the tone of this run, but I have been a bit concerned about where it's going. I feel like it could have been okay, but it's almost like she had to finish it up in this issue. I think if she had one more issue, you could have somehow squeezed out a more intricate plot. But as it was finishing it up in this one issue, there was only so much that could be done, and it was not great. But the thing is, they gave her the whole Huntress issue. and like I know, that's true. I feel like she had lots of room, and she used yeah. the room mostly for character and and tone which is fine because those are things she does really well but mm -hmm. i'm just a bit disappointed because it feels like the plot is a little bit imploding at this point yeah does this feel like a real finale to this arc no no i i no. agree because the parasites that we've got the eggs and we know for a fact that yeah. those eggs are coming back in just a couple issues <laughs> yeah and well that and it just didn't feel like a satisfactory sum like even if the eggs didn't go down the drain it really didn't feel like a conclusion. Yeah. Because so much is still open-ended. Like, is Worth still coming after Bruce? Is Worth still coming after Batman? What about that guy who is... knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman in jail? Oh, what about the guy that... Yeah, so there's a lot of still loose ends that didn't even get touched on. So it definitely does not feel like a conclusion. 
Do you think that the parasite plot can really sustain the number of issues that are being devoted to it? Because this is the plot for the entire run so far. Right. I think it can because, like I said before, it almost doesn't matter what the storyline is. I'm really enjoying her characters. And I'm enjoying what she's doing with the characters. Even if the story is not, you know, top-notch, most original. At one point we thought it would be zombies. And I was like, that's fine. It can be zombies. That's cool. And it wasn't. It was Clayface. But... I I am fine with it being the same old whatever for a little while longer because I really like her characters, which I just said, but I'm repeating myself. I think that's Um, true. I really liked Huntress and Batman's interaction in this issue. That's true. Yeah, I did love them at the gravesite, especially at the end. And the fact that he was able to overcome, you know, the control was cool. Well, he's Batman. (laughs) He's Batman. Yeah, um, so I'm not saying it was a dud of an issue. I'm just no, saying the overall plot and bad not guys' a finale, plan and I'm, was disappointing. I'm a little concerned. I really hope that she can bring it back to a more grounded sense of of motivation. I mean, obviously it can't be too grounded because we've got like this weird parasite that has semi supernatural powers, but we can get more into like why is the parasite? You can get into the motivation. You can get into those real emotions that can drive a story even if the the physical science or whatever is more fantastical so Mm -hmm. this one just felt like it was a bit too much like mashing action figures together in terms of the villains (laughs) Uh, the heroes i think were better done like i said the batman and and huntress were really good Mm -hmm. let's get to our backup what the is task force z written by matthew rosenberg and art by max rayner After breaking into her apartment at the end of Detective Comics 1040, Red Hood and Deb Donovan sit in a diner where they discuss, among other things, the whereabouts of the body of Astrid Arkham. Donovan believes the Arkham Knight faked her death, but Red Hood has seen her body. She was dead. However, just because she was dead doesn't mean she still is. As Red Hood leaves, he asks Deb to look into Project Halperin. Deb begins looking into things, unaware of the fact that Red Hood is monitoring her after he placed a bug in her cell phone. He follows her to the Gotham Medical Examiner, where she is attempting to conduct her first stakeout. They observe some masked gunmen go in and return carrying body bags. As Red Hood leaves to find out what's going on, he tells the reporter to stay put in the car. As Red Hood fights, Donovan ignores his request and exits the safety of her car. As she attempts to call the police, someone whacks her in the head with a baseball bat, leaving the 911 operator wondering where she could be. So, what are your... Do you have any general thoughts about the backup? It continues to be basically a prologue to the Task Force Z ongoing. Well, so I still hate Jason's head do-rag, whatever, (laughs) mask. But I really... I don't know. I don't know why Jason is showing up in so many comics lately, but I'm loving it, and I think that Jason and Donovan is a good good combination because she's a little dry on her own and i think he spices things up just nicely um i thought it was fun i liked it i i don't understand why astrid arkham is dead if she's alive in fear not fear state future state gotham so that's weird but other than that i thought it was great yeah because we found out how bane died obviously and how man bat died 
in the urban mm-hmm. legend story. No, the backup. Was it the backup yep. or was it the urban legend? No, it was legend? the backup. No, no, it was backup. Okay. But so we found out that how, how these characters died, but Arkham Knight is just like, wait, she's dead? Okay. I know, right? Well, didn't they say she died at A-Day? Oh, maybe that's it. But that feels unsatisfying. <laughs> it really does. Especially if she's alive in future state. But anyway. <laughs> yes. It's an alternate. It's an alternate reality. I know. Yes, I know. yes, yes. All <laughs> right. So let's give Detective Comics 1042 a rating out of five bottles of the good stuff that Dev Donovan <laughs> enjoys. Um, I... So I didn't really love the main issue, but I did enjoy the backup. So I'm going to give it a three total. I think a three is fair. I do think there were a lot of good parts, but it wasn't quite enough to give it a better than good. So, I mean, for me, 2.5 is average. Three is is good. 3.5 is pushing it over the hill. Four is really, really good. And then 4.5 and five are for things that change my life for the better. Um <laughs> On the website, Theo gave it a 3.5. This gives us a average score of 3.17 and a mode of three bottles of the good stuff. <laughs> Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, let's continue with our reviews with Fear State Alpha, written by James Tynan IV, art by Ricardo Federici, and colors by Chris Sotomayor. Many months ago, Simon Saint visited Scarecrow in Arkham, telling him he wants to achieve Fear State, part of Crane's research saying that society can only evolve through a shock. Crane demands Mad Hatter technology from Saint, a lot of money, cover for his escape from Arkham, and credit for the plan. In the present, Scarecrow tells Batman his plan to make Gotham experience the same fear state that made Batman himself strong. As we see the news report on the Simon Saint-constructed Unsanity Collective crisis, then see Saint and his prototype peacekeeper Ricardo trying to spin the loss of Peacekeeper 01, Sean Mahoney, to Scarecrow's betrayal. Commissioner Montoya protests to Mayor Manacano about turning the city over to the magistrate and the massive airship hovering over the city, but Nakano remains firm. Barbara Gordon, Stephanie Brown, and Cassandra Kane in the clock tower try to organize resistance to the magistrate as Barbara did in Joker War, but the anti-Oracle seizes control over Barbara's system, spreading a message of terror, then blowing up Oracle's terminal. Deep under Gotham, where Poison Ivy has created her own Eden, 
The gardener brings Harley to Ivy along with the Insanity Collective and Ghostmaker to hide, and Harley's desperate plea convinces Queen Ivy to provide refuge for her friends. In Alleytown, Selina Kyle, the Catwoman and master of the Underworld, con- comforts the part of Ivy who was split from the main Ivy and stolen by Simon Saint for his drugs. She also hears the sound of the magistrate's jackboots on her streets. Tim Jace Fox hears the reports of the magistrate's control and dons the batsuit he found at the end of Second Son. Back in Arkham, Scarecrow finishes gloating over hallucinating Batman, but Batman strikes back, breaking free as we saw in the Free Comic Book Day issue. But Scarecrow ends the issue with the ominous quote, The only way forward is through. Alright, so Fear State has begun. Does, Does this issue feel like Another issue of Batman, similar to how I would argue Secret Files Huntress felt like another issue of Detective Comics, or something else? I guess definitely part of Batman. I will say it does not start with a bang. Who was it? I think it was Benny O'Neill. I think I heard an interview with him once where he's like, you need to start your story with action, with adventure. You need to get drawn in. And I think the first third of this comic is too... Middle-aged white men talking in a blank room at a table. <laughs> and so I just found it really hard to get into this to start. Like, I forget every time. Like, I've, I've gone through this comic three or four times. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then there's the whole Harley is killing everyone and is somehow in two places at the same time. And there's adventures going on. And Jace is thinking about picking up the mail. And it's, I just forget all that because it begins so boring. Because lots of stuff actually does happen. It's it's almost like it's a lot of little backups in one. Because it's hard to call this, like, a Batman comic, but it's definitely... I mean, it's not a tie-in. It's it's things happen here that are going to carry over into what's going to happen in Batman, I would assume. Yes. I mean, very directly. Um, yeah. I think that the interesting part for me is that... Even though you're right, it is two boring old dudes, boring old evil dudes, let me uh, be clear. Simon Saint and Scarecrow are very evil. I really like the ideas that Tynan's playing with. And kind of, he's been playing with ideas all of his run of Batman, but particularly in the cowardly lot, because he's trying to build up to this Scarecrow plot. And he's laying the groundwork for what Scarecrow's plan is. And I, after all this buildup of Scarecrow just appearing in the background as a super creepy figure... Hearing his plans like this, I think, is really cool. But I think you're right. It probably could have been presented in a much more dynamic way. Mm. Um, Tynan has this thing that he did in Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal where he likes to do a big lead up of a fair amount of action. And then he plops down an issue. It's just like, talk, 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 talk. And here's my evil plan. <laughs> um I'm kind of used to it at this point, And I, as I said, I really enjoy the ideas he's playing with. But that's a completely legitimate criticism that nothing happens for the first third of this comic. Yeah. Do you think that you have to read this, that that this feels like a comic you have to read to understand Fear State, or do you think this is optional? I mean, we'll find out. I mean, and the fact that he's doing an alpha and an omega, beginning and the end, um, one would hope that it's must-read 
not tons happens in any given scene um, other than the scarecrow monologue, <laughs> diatribe, whatever. Um, and then the Bat family um, coming together and Oracle being hijacked. That's kind of big and important. Oh, and I guess finding Harley. No, no, I mean, I mean, Ivy. N- nothing, like, none of these are big things. They're, they're, they're steps. I'd say the biggest big thing things. is the anti Oracle attack. That's the biggest yeah, thing that happens. Everything else everything, is groundwork. Yes. Everything else is either like us, even not even groundwork. Some of it's just like, oh, look, this is where we are now. Come see us next week. <laughs> um, same bat time, same bat channel. Well, and what's interesting um, is that we know that a bunch of these plots are not going to be dealt with in Batman. We know anti article is primarily going to be in I Am Batman and uh, Nightwing. We know that Jace being Batman obviously is a big I am Batman thing. We know that um, the the Poison Ivy stuff is primarily going to be seen in Catwoman and Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of neat to see this as like the starting point of all the different titles we're going to see, even though I'd say the bulk of it is devoted to what Tynan himself is going to be focusing on in the six issues of Batman. So if nothing else, yeah, it gives you starting points for what you're going to be reading. Although it might have been nice to say continued in Catwoman. Yes, I I do think they should have been a bit better about to see what happens next with Jace, read I Am Batman. To see what happens next with Barbara Gordon, read Nightwing. Um, Because, I mean, the point of this issue is for people who want to get this event, who haven't been following all the other titles, to be able to Mm -hmm. jump in. Because... If, like most of us here on the cast, you have been following Catwoman and Harley Quinn and Nightwing, you already know most of what you see here. But if you haven't, this is a very easy jumping on point for those titles. But it doesn't make it quite clear that that's what it is. Yeah. So, um, let's rate this out of five explodey computers. (laughs) I did really think it was very cool and exciting when Oracle got hijacked and um, even the um, Unsanity Collective going through the gardens and trying to find Ivy and Ivy kind of freaking out. Do we know? So is Ivy two people or is she a split personality or is this two different times? So Ivy has been at least two different aspects of herself since the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy miniseries by Jody Hauser about two and a half years ago. Okay. Because that was a little confusing. So a nice little note to understand why Ivy's in two places at once and isn't killing one friend and is killing another. Go see. (laughs) But, so overall, I mean, it's not, even though it starts so boring, it isn't a boring book. It's actually a very good book. And with a few tweaks, I think it could have been pretty, pretty great. But it didn't. So it didn't. And so I say two and a half. I actually really enjoyed this. As I said, I'm really a fan of what Tynan's doing in the ideas, and I really hope he can pull it off with Scarecrow, because this idea of evolving the city is kind of cool. It's almost like Ra's al Ghul's plan of, you know, killing half the population of the world and letting the rest progress into the future, but on a Gotham scale. So I, I have to get... Oh, and I also really like Ricardo Federici's art. He's been doing the black and white sketch variants for pretty much all the bat titles over the last year and a half no since yeah it started with uh 
Infinite Frontier. So over the last six months, he's been doing all these black and white sketch variants, and they're very pretty, and he's got the same polished, uh, really pencil and paper feel to his art. And so I'm going to give it a 3.5. I do think this is better than good for me. I really had a good time. And that gives us an average score of 3. And that brings us to our next piece, which is... Uh, the Fear State Calendar. I uh, spent some time over the weekend putting together all of the titles that we're going to be seeing, and we will be following them. Of course, we won't be able to give them all reviews, but we'll try and keep people abreast of what's going on in the overall Fear State event. This is a 27-issue event. Eight of the issues are by James Tynan, so that's the six issues of Batman, Fear State Alpha, and Fear State Omega. Three issues of Nightwing, three issues of Catwoman, three issues of Harley Quinn, two issues of Urban Legends, um, three issues of I Am Batman, three issues of Detective Comics, and two secret files, one Miracle Molly and one uh, The Gardener. And actually, James Tynan is writing both Miracle Molly and The Gardener, so he's writing 10 issues out of the 27-issue event. So... Let's go through monthly and talk about what we're excited about. Obviously, August ends with Fear State Alpha, so we've just covered that. Um, September is going to be Batman 112 and 113. The backups are going to be Clown Hunter stories by Brandon Thomas, and those are be, should be pretty cool. Also, I Am Batman number one, uh, Cat 135, uh, Secret Files, Miracle Molly, and Nightwing 84 the beginning of the anti-Oracle story with Barbara. And it appears to be the other Batgirls uh, because they're on the covers of this uh, Fear State tie-in. And of course, Nightwing himself. So that's... Oh, and um, Detective Comics 1043, in which the Parasite eggs return, and Harley <laughs> Quinn number seven. What do we think about what's happening in September? I'd say that other than Nightwing and obviously the Miracle Molly special because there is no predecessor all those books have done a pretty good job at setting the stage for stuff that's going to happen except for nightwing well no hold on oh no 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 never mind never mind i lied it's just not as it's not been as blatant well i mean he's the in a cold other city and the main thing yeah. that people have been doing have been this is how the magistrate affects alleytown this is how the magistrate affects right um so it's it's been I, I um Yeah, so I just didn't associate his villain as being the fierce state guy, but his, yeah, he's actually kinda scary. And he's gonna he just was seen ominously sitting in a chair waiting to kill Dick Grayson <laughs> um in the last issue. So um yeah, I mean I don't know if I'd say excited, but I'm glad they're all kind of uh, no cohesive snap the word. <laughs> They're all on the same page. It it helps that they're all their own villains. I think that if all these people try, all these books tried to have like an overarching same fear, it would be a nightmare because they've not proven that they can. <laughs> DC has not proven that they can in any way coordinate that. So having it be like a Halloweeny type theme of scary guy is fine. It's fine. I'm not. And it's not honestly, my favorite if you genre, look at but... something like No Man's Land or even Cataclysm, those titles did connect to each other, but they had their own mini arcs. So I think this mm. is an event 
in the vein of No Man's Land rather than event in the vein of like Nightfall or Bruce Wayne Murderer, where it was like every issue was another chapter in the same story. This is more like all these stories are going on in parallel. Now, the stories I think have connected most tightly are Batman, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn, because all of those have really focused on the influence of Simon Saint on yeah. Gotham. Yeah, yeah. And I've really enjoyed that. And I would say Detective Comics has also done that, but it's been so wrapped up in the Parasite stuff that it's a little hard to see quite how it ties in. Who's Catwoman's fear state? Uh, I would say it's probably um, Father Valley. Oh. Oh, that's right. I somehow thought he got murderated, but he didn't. Maybe I just really wished he had. And so. <laughs> I wish he had, too, at this point, because he's done so many bad things. But he he's has. definitely he's not person. dead yet. All right. In October, we have Batman 114 and 115. The Clown Hunter backup will wrap up and the Batgirls backup will begin. Written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, the current writers of Wonder Woman. Urban Legends has its first tie-in. Uh, and I think this is going to follow various four various characters through Gotham in this time period. Similar to the Batman mm. Chronicles title back in the 90s. I Am Batman continues with Jace fighting the magistrate, and his mother is in harm's way. Uh, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Detective Comics, and Nightwing continue their three-issue arcs in Fear State. So, Do you know if Urban, Ur Urgent Legends, if Urban Legends is going to have new stories? Because I'm not really interested in some of those stories having... There's not really been... Because the, the Jason one pretty much wrapped up, so that one can't keep going. And I guess Drifter Grifter could have one. So it's going to have new stop. stories. There's going to be a Batwoman story. There's going to be okay. uh, an Arkham uh, City story. There's going to be a couple other stories. Does but it's, it's not going to really follow up with what... Um, what's going on for the first six issues and issue seven is going to be uh, future. So it's going to be a future state, Batman 1 million, uh, Batman beyond and a unique future. So hmm. that actually, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what the different Batman futures look like, but hmm. it's not connected to fear state. So, oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. That's fine. All right. Yeah. And then in November, we have Batman 116 and 117, the finale of Fear State from James Tynan, and the finale of the Batgirls, three backup issues. Urban Legend number nine continues. I don't remember. I think this is does have like two-part stories um, between Urban Legends 8 and 9. Uh, I Am Batman finishes up its first little arc. Nightwing, Catwoman, Detective, and Harley finish up their three-issue Fear State arcs. Uh, Secret Files the Gardener shows up, and that is her origin story, it says. And um, Fear State Omega pushes the Batman into the future, whatever that will happen to be. Bum, bum, bum. So are we going to have a Fear State and a Future State alternate timelines? Uh, at this point, we definitely are going to have, I think Future State is clearly an alternate timeline, because this yeah, is yeah. the Future State stuff happening now, but... Obviously, I don't think Magistrate is going to end up in control of Gotham after this event. That would be... That'd be a little... I don't know. This really feels like it's pushing the Magistrate stuff to uh, a head. I don't think that they can end it with Magistrate continuing to build power. I did really like 
Montoya getting so frustrated with the mayor. Yes. And the magistrate. Because the mayor is being really frustrated. He's making all these dumb decisions. Because even though she's she's kind of towing the line, it's good to see that at her at her heart, she's like son of a yeah, I hate this. <laughs> what is this garbage? Yeah, I I am really curious to see how this goes. I, I would like to know what happens, and that's that's a good thing. I wasn't actually super excited about the Joker War event just because I don't still don't really care about what the Joker does, but I was excited about the Bat Family part of it. Um, this time the Bat Family feels like it's going to be a bit more scattered throughout the different titles, but that's okay because they've been pretty coordinated for the most mm-hmm. part. There are some titles like Detective where it's a little hard to figure out how everything connects, but I'd say Catwoman, Harley, and Nightwing aren't too hard to piece together. And that is it for our coverage of Fear State Alpha. Tune in to the next few episodes where we get into the meat of our ongoing event, although our first episode probably won't have a whole lot to do next month because only batman is really releasing of the fear state stuff uh all of these months are heavily weighted towards the second half of the month for all the fear state stuff i am glad to see robin isn't included in this list so we can keep enjoying our happy story of teenagers killing each other (laughs) i was on board with until happy story of teenage killing each other (laughs) Um, it's like hunger games the batman story (laughs) Yes. But, <laughs> oh, and it even does have a romance story, but not a triangle, it does. hopefully. I hope it doesn't have a triangle. I got really done with oh, triangles. <laughs> All right. So, Greater Gotham. We had Catwoman number 34. This was a very violent confrontation between Catwoman and... Uh, Father Valley, after a very sweet but relatively short Batman Catwoman reunion. What did you think of that? And I know that the first part of this is going to be squeeing over the Batman Catwoman because it was really well done. Of course. So, thumbs up for that alone. And poor competition, Detective Detective Hadley. Hadley I think he's dead. He's fine. It's just a flesh wound. I think he's dead. (laughs) Now he's fine. Um, But he he saved Maggie, and that that was nice of him. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. He's a cop. He's probably wearing some kind of bulletproof vest. He's fine. I have to admit, I'm a little annoyed at the contrivance because the the situation at the end is that a sniper rifle is set up automatically to aim at the same place where Maggie always is. But that's not how sniping works. You cannot set up a remote snipe without control to hit the same spot because if there's a little bit of wind or... Maggie moves just a little bit because when you have a distance that we're talking about, just the, the tiniest fraction of movement will move you out of the bullet's way because, um, you know, it's, it's just not how sniping works at all. And so it felt really contrived and arbitrary. And that was a bit disappointing given how tightly plotted Catwoman usually has been. But what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down or neutral? Oh, I'm having to say neutral just because compared to the rest of the run, which has been such a high thumbs up. This feels like a letdown, but it's not bad. I would still say it's good to read, but I'm just uh, a bit frustrated. Nightwing number 83. Thumbs up and either there are two Dick Graysons or Dick Grayson is a (laughs) two-timer because he's living with Starfire and making out with Barbara. (laughs) I'm gonna... uh... 
I'm going to give a reluctant thumbs up because everyone Yay! knows how I feel about this title, but this was enjoyable. And I, I still love this art by Bruno Redondo. Um, Batman Catwoman, number six. Um, this continues our story of uh, Catwoman fighting crime with her daughter as Batwoman and then revealing that she did kill the Joker and the past stories of her confronting Andrea Beaumont, the Phantasm, and the Joker in the far past. You know, I have to say I'm a little on the fence about this one because I'm just really thrown off about why she was having Christmas with the Joker. But I guess if your options are being killed by Joker or letting him help decorate your tree, I mean, I guess I would help him let him help decorate my tree if it meant I didn't have to die. <laughs> but it was a weird, it was a weird issue. I, I'm still going to give it thumbs up, but it was a weird issue. I also give it a thumbs up. I am very intrigued about what's going to happen when Liam Sharp takes over, I think, next month. Because Clayman's art has been so distinctive, and Liam Sharp is also very distinctive, but in a different way. So, uh, but I, I still am really enjoying this book. I think it's going to read really well in trade, um, just because... Oh, yeah the little pieces that are difficult to sort of see how they connect and the emotions are difficult because we have three different fragments being told at the same time. When you read mm -hmm. them in context, they start to really sort of flow when the emotions build much better. Um, Secret Files Clown Hunter. You know, I, I, I tried to see, cause I know you, you had your issues with it, but I tried to scope your mind. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thumbs up my poor baby is is put in an even tighter spot and is having to make really hard choices and when you're surrounded by wolves you either die or fight back and so i was just my heart bled for the poor little clown hunter so i have to admit that as much as i do love clown hunter this is a firm thumbs down for me and i will explain a little bit of why um this is a two-part story, part in the flashback and part in the present. And the present stuff is probably the best stuff because that's where you get Clown Hunter um, sort of matching wits with a punchline um, in a kind of interesting way. And it's got decent enough art. But the flashback is ultimately very pointless and it sets Clown Hunter a couple of years ago at Gotham Academy and every single character at Gotham Academy joins in beating him up brutally, just kicking and punching and uh dogpiling on him and he's the only person like everybody is doing this no person sticks up for him or says this is wrong and to me this is a betrayal of the idea of gotham academy which it was a story with real tension there were characters who were not kind to each other there were characters who were bullies there were characters who were rich and characters who were poor and the class tension was there and that complexity and that love letter to Gotham and that enrichment of the Gotham um, just society, civilization, because Gotham's kind of a micro-civilization on its own, that was a really lovely thing. And this takes that and throws it in the trash. And I think that's just incredibly disrespectful and unnecessary. You didn't have to have it be uh, this way, this, this flat and one-sided. And so um, I did kind of like the conclusion where jason shows up to save cloud hunter but it didn't make up for just the unnecessary trashing of something that i think is a really unique and excellent contribution to gotham lore well, that's fair but i kind of i guess i didn't have the same emotional connection to gotham academy and just figured it could be it could have been a bad year you know could have been a bad crop 
it's no reflection on the people that we know from there. And maybe they didn't know or something like that. I don't know. It didn't ruin the whole... It didn't spoil the soup for me. Uh, Harley Quinn number six. Uh, the continuing adventures of Harley. Uh, this time with added Catwoman. Um, the change in art was drastic. Just it was extremely drastic. It was completely... Not that it was like... I mean, it was normal <laughs> compared to what it had been, which is not normal. Um, whatever normal is. But um, uh, neutral, I guess. It was all right. I didn't love it. It was fine. I kind of, I kind of missed. I mean, I I really like what Riley Rossmo has been doing on art. I think it really fits with what's going on in the title. And this has some of the same energy, but I don't know. There's something about the way that she wrote Harley versus Hugo Strange with Kevin on the side. Like I, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic that worked, and this didn't work quite as well but it's not yeah. bad so i give it a no. a tentative thumbs up i guess <laughs> harley quinn annual that one was fun it was a cute little kind of detective story of kevin and solomon grundy trying to figure out where harley is after she's been kidnapped and she's co- coerced to go on a date with someone who's a villain and it's it was it was cute i would say thumbs up i didn't actually read it word for word there was a lot of um, but even just sort of skimming through it, it was a lot of fun to skim through. So, thumbs up, tentatively. I have to admit, I completely forgot this was happening, so I didn't <laughs> realize until too late. And finally, um, because I ranted a little bit on Secret Files Count Hunter, I wanted to make sure we ended on a positive note with Robin number five. Oh, thumbs up. Every Robin issue is a thumbs up. I don't even remember what happens in this one. It's a thumbs up. <laughs> well, I remember very clearly because this is five thumbs up because this is the issue where all of the Robins come to try. Oh, and that's help right. Oh, that's right. And there's a lot of cry. Oh, yeah. And so Damien finally works through some of his stuff. Like he talks about hearing Alfred's neck snapping and like he takes his mask off and is like he's he's dealing with it as Damien, um, which I thought was very poignant. And oh, yeah, that well, yeah, that was a really yeah. All the thumbs up. My thumbs and my big toes. All up. Five thumbs up for the five Robins. So good. (laughs) Great art. Uh, Damien says that Stephanie is the bravest Robin, so I'm giving it all the thumbs up just for that. (laughs) But all the Robins get some pretty good stuff going on. They do. It's it's really good. I love this issue so much. All right. Let's get to our Patreon support. If you support us on Patreon at a certain level, we will read your name. We also have PayPal for one-time contributions and affiliate links for Amazon, Lego, Comixology, and many other awesome nerdy things that you might want to buy Batman-related merch through. And doesn't affect your price at all, but it does help support the site. But I want to thank our patrons. And that starts with Lisa Slack, Donald Townsend, Gerald Green, Real No Deuces, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Captain America, Austin Davis, Brendan Roberts, Tim Garassi, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stephanie Mounts, Joshua Laffin-Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Hannah Gar, Mary Garrett, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Rob O, and Hank Bennett. We really appreciate all of you, especially our new joins. It's fantastic that you help keep the servers up to have our 300-plus episode archive available for new and old Batman Universe listeners and readers. And we look forward to continuing to provide you with this podcast and our reviews. That wraps up our episode. 
for the end of August. We hope that you've had a good time because we're about to start with the main fear state and it's going to get wild from here. So I've been Ian. This is Steph. And we'll see you next time. Bye. What the blank is Task Force SSZ? Wow. Are you Canadian? What the? <laughs> I am actually. I am Canadian. What the blank is Task Force XZ? Oh my gosh! Okay, one more time. I don't know. I'm having an aneurysm. Hold on. Let me make. Here, I zoomed in. That'll be easier.